Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We're now on Masachat Shabbat Daf Pei Aleph, Amud Aleph, at the very top of the Amud. About to take a look at the uh, sixth Mishnah of this, the eighth parak. Etzem, what's the amount of bone that's considered significant for carrying? Enough to make a spoon. Enough to make a key. We'll have to see what this means. Zuchuchit, how much glass? Kedele gorba rosh hakarkar, in order to scrape off the edge of a, of a, a weaver's loom. Swaro, Evan, how about a pebble? Kedele zrok ba'of, enough to throw at a bird, ideally to chase it away. Rabozman Yaakov, kedele zrok ba'mea, it has to be an animal. We don't say what kind of animal, what size, but it's obviously bigger than a bird. Lamemer de Shur, Rabbi Yudah Nafish, again we come to the same problem we've had before, it sounds like Rabbi Yudah's shear is bigger, Kamana Shur, Rabbi Nafish, we know that Rabbanan's shear is bigger. What did Rabbi Yudah mean with a potachat? He meant chafei potachat, the holding part of a key, which is smaller than the spoon. Parenthetically, we say that they, that, themselves, that itself is tahor. If you put it and fixed it into the lock, like many keys were left in the lock, in. then it is tamei, because that's significance, part of the, the, the lock. gal, if it's the teeth of the lock itself, if you nailed it in, tahorin, it's part of the, the house, it's part of the, it's built in. Schuchit kedeli gorbo. It's a ton of schuchit. We have another gears of glass. Kedeli ftsuabo shnei min kachat. Another version of the shear, or maybe perhaps a different shear, is enough to cut two strings at one shot of glass. Tsuro evan. What kedeli zrok ba'of? Enough to throw at a bird. Rabbi Elazar mer behima. I'm Rabbi Yaakov and Yochanan. Vehushim into argeshet ba. Argeshet ba. Meaning, whichever uh, piece it is, whatever the shear is. It is um, it is going to have to make the animal or the bird feel the rock, not just be aware of the the air through the air. The the weight of ten zoos. All right, so that's the behema. Zunin al alavemidrash. Here's the story. Zunin came to the Beit Midrash and Rabotai Avanim shall betaki say shiuran b'chama. And what he's asking is as follows: They would use rocks to wipe themselves in the betaki say. Well, the question is, on Shabbat, which rocks can you bring in? And the problem here is muktza. So we're going to move away from carrying for quite a while to the issue of muktza. Amrulo, kazayit ke goes to You could take three in, one the size of an olive, one the size of a nut, one the size of an egg. Little pebbles. So you're going to bring a scale in and measure them? So they ended up deciding molo hayad, a fistful of rocks. So we have the same uh, issue in a brighter. Shabbat, you're allowed to bring in three sharpened rocks. All three of them are the size of a nut. The size of an egg. Which makes it sound like the machloket in etrog is a replication of this machloket, and that is the minimal size of an etrog. It's a mishnah at the end of the third parak, towards the end of the third parak of Sukkot. Now, why are you comparing uh, the etrog to this? Should be the opposite. That the machloket starts in etrog, and the same thing is replicated here. Okay, I'm reviewing. He says that you cannot use pious to carry it into the Beit Kisei. My pious, what is this pious? 
Amarabizera Karshine Bavlaita. These are clods of dirt that they would use in Bavel um, to wipe themselves. Amarava You're not allowed to use a, a sharp pebble on Shabbat like you do during the week. But if you can't, then you can't wipe yourself at all. Would you not go to the bathroom? It's dangerous. The answer is He said you do it, but in an unusual way. What's the shear of rocks? If there's a set place for the betaki say, you can bring in a handful. And if not, then like the balance bar, balance beam on a small scale for, for uh, spices. If you have a rock that is a marker on it that indicates that it's already been used for this, and as you can see, the remains, then mutar, because that means it was already designated for use uh, for for that purpose, and therefore it's not muktza. We have a bright that says, ten things will lead to hemorrhoids or piles. These are all things that if you eat them, they'll lead to that. Drinking dregs of wine. Using limestone or pottery to wipe yourself. Or a rock that somebody else used. Some people say even if you just stay there too long, uh, pushing. So the answer is so. The answer is If what you see on there is still moist, then you shouldn't use it. If it's dried up, then you could. Or it doesn't have to be moist versus dry, but just if you could use that same rock, you could use the other side of it. You know that the rock's already been used for that, so it's not moktzah. Or the aid could be that you saw that you had used it. Then it's okay. If somebody else used it, not. Clearly, our sense of hygiene and of, uh, of aesthetics is uh, very different today. Let's say you have this aid, and then it rained on it, and it cleaned it off. Is it is it still not muktzah? If you can still see a faint outline of what was there before, then it's okay. Could you afterwards carry the rocks with you up to the uh, to the roof? Uh, meaning, if let's say you that's where you're going to use the, the bathroom. Even though there's a lotase of violating, uh, going against the Rabbanan's words, and the Rabbanan said you have to uh, avoid muktzah on Shabbat, nonetheless, um, the kovar abriot involved in this is dochadet. Remember, taught this rule. Remember, he challenged him. If you have a little stick in front of you, you could take it after a meal to clean out your teeth on Shabbat. Without designating the stick, you can only take it from an animal trough, meaning something that's already been set aside for food. So, so you see that you are not allowed to move rocks that aren't otherwise designated. These should be. So, he said, "Let's examine." You have a set place you're going to eat. You should have set aside some uh, toothpicks in advance. Here, a person doesn't set aside where he's going to use the Beit HaKisei. It may be an incidental place. So he didn't know, so therefore he has to grab rocks. We have to be more lenient. Okay, You're not allowed to use, to defecate in a fallow field. 
My Tama, Elam Shumdav Shah, if it's because you're going to wreck the field, I feel the whole Nami. And then during the week, it's because you're going to tear up grass when you wipe with that. You're allowed to use a rock that has some grass on it because it's the Russian Kavain if the grass comes off. But if you deliberately take the grass off, then Chayav Chatat for Tolish. The concern is that you may take some of the dirt and then throw it further down. And then it's going to fill in a hole. We saw this when we examined the Malachat Choresh at the beginning of that sugya and the Fa'in Gimel Bet, that if you fill in a hole in the house, it's bone, and in the field, it's Choresh. Okay, let's go back. You can learn from Shlokish high parfisa, which is a planter with a hole in the bottom. Shari the tatula, you're allowed to carry it. Because after all, you're not intending to tear this stuff out. Magrav Kahana, you remember Lutzarach, Yemushal Lutzarach? Shlokish is talking about a case where you need this, and uh, you need in order to be able to wipe. That doesn't tell you that when it's, um, when it's Shalol Lutzarach, without any need, that it's okay. Rabbi parfisa, milta. You know, we're talking about planters, I'll have something else to say about it. If it was sitting on the ground, and remember, there's a hole in the bottom, so the dirt is connecting, and then you picked it up and put it up on st- on sticks in the air, because of tolesh, you pulled it out of the ground. And flip it. You took it from the sticks and put it on the ground, then you are sort of planting. And then you because of that. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, You're not allowed to use pottery to um, uh, to um, wipe on Shabbat. <clears throat> now, my time. What's the reason? it's dangerous. I feel Then even during the week, It must be that it's inviting hexes. I feel Then you can't do it on chol either. It must be because it's tearing out hairs. That's a Dava Shemit Kavain. So, Natan Barashai, Gavar Rabba Mamilta, Neva Batama. Rabbi Yochan is a big rabbi. He said it. Let's give an explanation. It's certainly Asur during the week because of hexes. Shabbat Hoel, the Ika Tort, Kli Alav, Shapirdami. Maybe because that's a Dean of a Kli, it's Mutter. Kamash Palan, you still shouldn't do it. So, Rav, so in other words, it is because of hexes. And the reason is because you're making yourself vulnerable to witchcraft. And it's uh, also on whole. Rava Matnilam Shum Hasharat Nimin. Rava explained that the reason was because of tearing out hair. And he ended up with a contradiction of Asur. It sounds like he rules like Rabbi Yehuda Davarshim and Kavain is Asur. Because you're tearing out the hair is not what you want. Famously, Rabbi Yochanan said, Utanan, and what do we have in the Mishnah in Nazir, which we've used many times to determine Rabbi Yochanan's position about this? Nazir Nazir is allowed to wash his hair. He can't comb it, because washing his hair, if hair comes out, that's the Varshim Kavain. So you see that Rabbi Yochanan, since he said, Halacha Kastam Mishnah, holds like Rabbi Shimon. We have to go back to Ramanatan Barashaya, and it really is about Kshafim. So Mike Shafim, what's this hexes? It's a story of the two of these rabbis who are on a boat. 
So there's a woman standing by there and said, Otlan Badaichu, stay there. They didn't keep the boat stopped. Amra emailed she said some sort of a hex. Asartel Arba, and she made the boat stop. Amru Inu Miltas, they said back another hex. Shayu, and it, they got released. She said, how can I catch you? After all, you don't use pottery to wipe. And you don't have lice that you kill on top of your clothes. And you never take vegetables from the bundle that the, the gardener brings together. And these are evidently things that make you very vulnerable to hexes. They didn't do it. She could see that because her witchcraft didn't work on them. Alright? So he said, Rav Huna said to his son, Why didn't you come to Rav Chista? He has very sharp Torah. Why didn't you come learn from him? He said, Why should I go? When I go, he tells me words about the world. He doesn't teach me Torah. He says, When you go into the bathroom, you shouldn't sit right down. And don't push yourself too hard. Just take your time and sit down comfortably. Because the rectum sits on these three teeth, as it were. If you push too hard, it could break them open and hurt yourself. He's trying to save lives. You're just calling them as if they're not, not of no significance? You should certainly go to him. You'll learn how to do things and take care of yourself. Okay, let's say, now this is during the week, you have a pebble and you have some pottery. Which should you take? Take the rock. Take the pottery, the shard. We see that you should use the cheres. So he explained it by saying, that what are the what is the cheres that you should use? That's when it's like the rim of a kli. Now let's say you have a pebble and you have some and you have some um, grass. <clears throat> so which is the preferable one to use? Rav Chista of Rav Hamluna. One prefers the, the pebble, the other says, better to use the grass. If you use something that's flammable, then uh, you can hurt your rectum. You're right, if it's dry and it's flammable, then you can't use it. But if they're moist, then you could. Okay. What happens if you have to go to the bathroom and you don't go? Ruach you'll end up with melancholia. Your body will start to smell bad. We have a bright that supports the second opinion. Somebody has to go to the bathroom and eats instead. It's like a, a an oven that you fired up while the old ashes are still there. That's how you start smelling bad. Let's say you have to go to the bath- you want to go to the bathroom, but you can't. Constipated. Stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. Move to different sides. Or try different sides of the bathroom, evidently. You should try wiping in advance. Now, typically means think about something else.
Their approach was, if you don't think about it, it's going to be even harder. Yeah, what I meant was, stop thinking about other, about other things. Not take your mind off of that, but take your mind off of everything else. Focus. I saw an Arab. He got up and he sat down. He sat up and sat down. And then he poured himself out like a pot. In other words, he used this to loosen himself up and it worked. So let's say you come into a meal. You either should walk four steps four, ten times back and forth, or else ten steps four times back and forth. Then you go to the bathroom and you come in and join the meal. These are all devices or advice for how you could um, loosen up your bowels. All right, the last Mishnah here is a Mishnah which is going to catapult us into the the majority of the next parak, which will not be about Shabbat, and it's going to be about different halachic issues that are uh, de- that are alluded to in Psukim and Tanakh. We start with an issue about Shabbat, which is Cheres. What's the shear of pottery? Enough to put between, let's say, one piece of wood and another to keep them separate. Enough to stoke a fire. No, enough to be able to put a ravine of water in. I've got an allusion to this from the Pasuk in Yishayahu, where Sancheriv, the curse against uh, Syria is, they're going to be wiped out. And They won't even have, in all the things that are broken, enough pottery to stoke a fire. So you see that stoking a fire with pottery is like the minimal use. Shabiosi says, does that prove anything? The next part of the Pasuk, as you can see on the page, and I separated these parts, to be able to scoop up some water. Right? So now, it's from Svara, it would seem that Kubiosi shear is bigger, that to scoop up, scoop up water is bigger than something to just stoke a fire. But Mikra from the Pasuk, it seems Rameir's shear is bigger because what's the curse? If you think the water is bigger, you think first Yishayahu is cursing that you're not going to have a little thing and then said you won't even have a big thing? You won't have a big thing, you won't even have a little thing. Yes, indeed, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Meir's, uh, sorry, Rabbi uh, Meir's shear is a bigger shear, even Misvara. He's talking about uh, stoking a big fire, and that you need a bigger piece. Okay, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi actually had a good proof from the Pasuk. So Rabbi Yossi, what's his answer? He said that the the uh, that the Pasuk is telling you uh, a less obvious, a, 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 a not only, meaning, not only something which is the minimal thing that people think is significant with pottery will be not found, Enough to stoke a fire. Even something that people don't consider important won't be there, which is enough to put water in. And so Ramir says, therefore, the water is insignificant, but it's mentioned there as the ultimate of the curse, that even something insignificant won't be found. We will start our study of Amar Abbe Kiva, the ninth parak, and the next podcast, in the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.